Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Everyone, uh, you are listening to the three questions with Andy Richter. I'm Andy Richter, and I am very pleased today to have a, a legend, a comedy legend, a, a landmark. Uh, you know, like uh, uh, the, one of the faces on the Mount Rushmore of comedy. Uh, <laughs> Mr. George Wallace is on today, and I'm so happy to have you on. I've been such a fan for such a long time. And uh, we've met and everything, but we're mostly Twitter pals. Yes, you know? yes, of yeah. course, yeah, yeah. And, I, and it's so good to be with you today, Andy, because uh, and all that what you just said about me, uh, I hope I, that just means you're old and you've yes, been around for a while, and you just and I love the way you did it because that's what I do for a living. I just lie. I just I have the greatest job <laughs> in the world. I love lying and just yes. making up stuff. I love it. It's so easy, isn't it? I, I well, I always say that you know that when people ask about my technique of acting, I say it's just lying. It's just lying. You know, That's all I'm, I'm not. I'm not this guy. I'm not. I'm not saying these. You know, I'm just saying these lines and trying to make people believe that I'm this guy, but I'm not really him. So it's just lying. And they pay and us to do it. Mad. Yeah, and, yeah, and they yeah. pay us to do it. And I just say, and one time, sometimes I have to tell the audience, I am so blessed to be able to do what I do. I just lie. And I asked. I did pray one time to God to let me be the greatest bullshitter in the world. But, was, but Trump, Trump kicks my ass in that department. Yeah. So, yeah, so. But, he does. But I still like, yeah. So, I, but I, I, I try not to do any more jokes on him, but he's the greatest bullshitter ever. So, I know. But, uh, I know. You don't want to, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want him to take up any more real estate, uh, speaking <laughs> of real estate, in your brain, in your mind, you know, in, in your soul, in the news. But the guy is like, he is a something. You don't, I don't want to give it to him, but like, he really is a genius, an evil genius of a sort. And evil, just, evil. I'll go with the, I'm not going to give him any good, uh, actual, <laughs> I'm not going to say genius. I just think he's a, uh, I, I'll stick with the bullshitter because yeah. I'm a bull, I'm a, I'm a bullshitter, Andy, and all bullshitters know each other. I mean, yes. we don't know each other, but we know each other. Well, I, I think the difference between good and evil bullshitters is that good bullshitters can admit to it. Like, and they, and they know, <laughs> oh, there you they go. know they're full of shit. There you whereas, go. There you yeah, go. Yeah. I know I'm full of shit. Don't mind spreading it and talking to you. That's right. I'm telling you that, but I'm not going right. to go, oh, trust me, unbelievable. Like you've never seen before. Yeah. I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> <laughs> now you're, you're in New York city right now. You have a beautiful backdrop of central park behind you, which is a, it's manufactured, but. You are, in fact, on Central Park in New York City right now. I'm where your old friend uh, um, Conan O'Brien used to live. I'm at uh, yeah the uh, same at the building, building, the building called the Majestic. Uh, he lived on 17 and 18, 
And it just pissed me off. And I said, I got to outdo, outdo him. So I bought the top floor, Andy. I have 19 windows. So I'm looking at Central Park. I'm looking at the, I'm actually, I can see Kennedy Airport, LaGuardia oh, wow. Airport. If I go to my backside, I see the Hudson River. And I see um, the uh Oh, so it's a, floor, it's a floor through all the way to the back. Yes, yes, Nice, yes, yes. nice. And, nice. and I'm enjoying, I'm in New York City. And Andy, um, New York, is, this city is really, really good. And by the way, it's my first time being here in 18 months because of the pandemic. I was away. I, uh, you know, I live in Las Vegas, but I spent the last 18 months in the city of Atlanta. And but I'm up here. This is my first week. I came here a week ago and uh, uh, and I got on stage. Uh, I was my best friend was on stage. I said, I'm going to watch you tonight. Uh, and um, you know who my best friend is for 40, 45 years. So yeah. he's on stage and he says, Gary Seinfeld, uh, for people who don't know. He's doing 30 minutes, and he says, well, that's it for me. And now I'm going to bring up to the stage my friend of 45 years. I said, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Andy. Andy, I says, he knows I have nothing. Right? He says, coming to the stage. And I'm going, you are kidding me. He said, he, Jerry's talking about me. and But at the same time, I'm up, walking to the stage, probably. Yeah. So, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get up on the stage, and we just had fun. I had so much fun. And one night I said that uh, I'm back. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I'm in New York. What a great city. Life is so good, man. I just uh, I wish you could be here. Everybody could be in New York. It is awesome. Now, is that is that something like when somebody says, come on up here and you got to do. And now how long how long were you up there? I was up there about 10 minutes. They don't when we walk in, they pretty much let us do a little time. These clubs, you know, yeah, yeah. what we want to do. But is that yeah. really is that really nerve wracking to not be not be uh, prepared and then to kind of just go up there or do you just kind of fall into just. You fall into greatness. Let me tell you something. <laughs> you fall into greatness. Andy, most people don't do what they like doing. Yeah. But this comedy for me is my sex and it's my drugs. There's no place for me to be ever than to be behind that microphone or the, 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 the floor underneath me at a comedy club. Yeah. I don't know these people. They don't know me and we're doing the greatest thing in life. What are we doing? We're laughing. We're bringing yeah. people together. Yeah. Nobody has a better job than me. Laughing. Yeah, no, I, that's, I've always said, you know, I mean, there's a lot of bullshit in show business and there's a lot of Don't stuff. Don't you ever that, forget that. Whatever you it, do, if anybody, anybody want to get into show business, remember, half it is going to be, well, 40% can be your talent, but 60% is going to be bullshit. Yes. Just make that perfectly clear. Yes. And, so. and a lot of humiliation and a lot of rejection. But ultimately, I do come back to the fact that we are basically it's the it, it's the base level of an expression of happiness like what happiness. when your happiness happiness is nobody's laughing when i mean in the, you know in the movies evil people laugh but even then they're happy exactly. uh, but yeah it is like we're making people happy you know that's that's the ultimate goal that's our product and it's it's hard to it's hard to feel too you know too shitty about it. People still Andy, manage talk, to. You're talking about making people happy. Our job is more important. You know what I do? You know what you, what you do? We do better than doctors. We make people feel good. Yeah. People go to doctors, they are feeling bad. When they come out of that office, they feel bad. But that's one thing we can do. We can make you smile. And there's nothing better than a smile. You can't even fake a smile without feeling better. You try. Yeah, yeah. You can't. Yeah, look yeah. at you. Look at I you know. right now. Look at that smile on your face. You're and I felt good. I felt good before I smiled. <laughs> but when you start smiling, that's when you're smiling. When you're yeah. smiling, 
the it's whole just, world smiles, smiles at you. you. Yeah, it's just great to do what we do. But I'm in this great city of New York, and it's bad. People are yeah. eating on the streets, and um, uh, I don't, I don't, I, I made a mistake. It's not bad, but it's on its way back. It's on its way back. It's way yeah. back. And then, now, I guess by September and November, when theater is back, more people will be here. But we are having fun in New York City, and the clubs yeah. are packed. You're, uh, you were in Atlanta for the for the for the, the pandemic, and and yes. that's your hometown. And is that's that what, did you go back there because you got family there or, you know, for the pandemic, it was just a more comfortable place to go? I have all my families there, but don't you laugh at me, but I went back because I didn't know what the virus, how bad it was going to be, how bad it was going to spread. But I'm thinking I'm going to go back for safety precautions because that's where the CDC is located, the headquarters of the CDC. <laughs> no, no, Andy, 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 stop laughing at me because I said, if they can cure Ebola, they yeah. can cure this disease. So I want to be somewhere near. <laughs> so you and, can just you drive know, over and say, come on, cure me. Listen, and listen, I'm on the top floor in Atlanta, too. And I look my viewers right into the CDC center. And I swear <laughs> to God, that was my thought, man. I said, yeah, I just yeah. want to be near. If they come up with a cure, I want to be near the cure. But <laughs> Did you drop, it, drop in there day to day and say, how's it going, fellas? How are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When, when can I go back to Vegas? Uh, and my, my personal doctor became Dr. Murthy. Uh, that's oh, really? always on yeah, so uh, that was very nice, very nice. Oh, that's great. Now, you are fr- You were born in Atlanta, and you grew up there. That's where I got a lot of come-froms, man. I come yeah. from the greatest city in the world. I'm from Atlanta. I come from the greatest family in the world. Don't get me talking about them. I'm the most blessed person you have ever met. Andy, I'm the most successful entertainer you've ever met. Uh, <laughs> it's not how much money you make. It's how you enjoy your life while you're living. Okay? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And I, yeah. I've done everything. I've worked everywhere. You you got more questions. I'll just say I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Have you ever been there? Uh, yeah, I've been there a number of times. Yeah. Okay. It's, um, like- it's the, what, the only thing I don't like about Atlanta is that they tore down too much and built too many high rises uh, there. You know what I mean? Like it, it uh, even from when I was there, because I had my aunt lived there when I was a little kid. Uh-huh. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from Illinois. I'm from. Uh, okay. Middle of Northern Illinois, a town called Yorkville, kind of straight west of Chicago. But I mean, we it was for as much as we, you know, scared whiteies went to Chicago. <laughs> we, you know, we, we might as well have been three hours away. But you just make we, your way to Patillos in Chicago. As long as we didn't get to Patillos, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, they were. But that well, that was everywhere. Portillos is just. Everywhere, you know, every every corner has an Italian beef Vienna beef hot dog stand, you know, and they're Listen, all the that same. Good. That's good. It's That's good. good. It's good heart attack food. That's but Atlanta, sure. they did. Uh, you think I don't know? Have you been there lately? If you think they, if you thought they built a lot of buildings, they're building a lot now. It is oh, are they? absolutely crazy. It's yeah, uh, it's traffic. It's but it's still a beautiful place. It's a beautiful, and I live oh, it's, one it's, mile it's, from where I was born. Oh wow. No, it's yeah. a gorgeous place, but it's just, it, it, there's not a lot of old, you know, like the old buildings are all kind of like. We got nothing. Yeah. Did you say old? We got nothing. I, when yeah. I lived there, they, listen to me, they built, uh, the Atlanta Braves went to Atlanta in 1965. Uh-huh. So they built a brand new stadium, okay? And then that stadium was up until the Olympics came in, in uh, 1996. Or 96? 96. Oh, right, right, right. 96, the Olympics, they built a brand new stadium. So that stadium, they tore it down. It was a brand new stadium. Now we got a brand new stadium uh, in uh, in Atlanta, just three years old. Nothing is old in there. There's no antiques in Atlanta. Nothing. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the arenas, all less than twenty. We had a place called the Georgia Dome, but they play football. Brand new. 
tore it down. So you're right. There's no history in Atlanta. Whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Everything's new. Uh, um, but, but a beautiful but you're city. Right. It is a beautiful town. It's I mean, it's a it's like a park. It's like living in a park. And but it's yes. And it I think it's weird. It's it's weird for people that come from other cities because except for maybe Los Angeles, because it is it doesn't feel really centered somewhere. You well, know what I you're mean? Not, it's not centered because people are coming to Atlanta from everywhere. And you particularly mentioned Los Angeles. Right now, people are coming to Atlanta from everywhere. New York City, they're selling their pot. You know what? You, you, you lived in Los Angeles. You know, yeah. They got I live there now, yeah. You know, a shack in West Hollywood is worth a half a million dollars. Yes, right? the, worst house in, the worst house in West Hollywood is worth six hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars 800000 Yeah, They're yeah. selling these places, and they're moving to Atlanta, buying a brand new home for 500000 and they yeah. got money in the bank. So yeah, Atlanta, yeah. and especially for African-Americans, it is the city, Atlanta. Yeah. It is triple A. Atlanta African Americans. And I even tell people now on stage, have you ever been to Africa? Do you want to go to Africa? If you want to go, I'm going to teach you how to get there and it won't cost you as much money. You call Delta Airlines and they will fly you to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. And I leave it right. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you won't know the difference, trust me. So yeah. my friend Stevie Wonder that I go to church with, he just announced you know, after the Floyd, uh, George Floyd incident, that he didn't see the, the, what's happening in America. He wanted to leave America and move to Africa. So that's what Stephen Wonder said. And you know, me being a smart ass, we're going to drop his ass off in Atlanta. He won't, <laughs> he won't know the difference. <laughs> he won't. Yeah, it's hot. It's, it's, it's hot Atlanta, yeah. It's he won't hot know the steamy, yeah, you know. And they talk funny. They talk funny. They got a place in Atlanta called College Park, and there's no college. There's no park. So, so, yeah. So he'll, uh, but Atlanta is a great city, and especially for, you know, not only a great city, let's make this perfectly clear. Atlanta is the number one movie making capital of the world. Yeah. Not LA, not LA anymore. Right, right. So you see what's happened they there. Got, yeah, they, that, you know, it, all the different locations go through it where they do these tax incentives to make it cheap for people to make movies there. And Atlanta's going through that right now. You know, I'm always, my it ma- it makes my daughter my daughter's fifteen and when we watch movies I'm always getting on the IMDb to see where things are filmed and stuff and she's like put your phone down watch the movie but I I love to know where things are shot and all kinds of stuff is shot in, in Georgia now well as you as you uh, finish reading uh, seeing your movies not always says on TV show made in Georgia yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the peach, with the peach there. So we're proud of our state, and we got a lot of good things out of my city. Believe it or not, I'm born raised. You know, that's the home of Coca Cola, number one. Yep. Okay, that's the home yep. of Chick Fil A, number one. Yeah. Uh, food branch. That's the home of Delta Airlines, right now, number one airline. Yeah, yeah. The UPS. And the, all the 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 Turner stuff, you know, all the, tur- the you know the all t- the Turner, Turner yeah, network, the, the CNN, CNN and all, and all yeah. that. Yeah. So we have a great city there. And yeah, it's we did. Growing. We, we did a week of shows there. I, I, I'm terrible with remembering what year, but it was, I don't know, maybe seven, eight years ago. It was when the NCAA finals were there. Uh, and, and Just a few years back, what, 10 years back? Something, eight something years like back. that. It, I think it was less than that. But, but yeah, it was, it was great. You know, I shot a bunch of stuff over at the, uh, well, I did a bit where I, they made me up as uh, the, the bit that I did was that I was going to go sample different things in Atlanta and the first stop was to go to the set of uh, The Walking Dead, and they made me up like a zombie. 
Really? And then I went to all the other things at, dressed as a zombie, like to the Coca-Cola Museum dressed as a zombie. Really? And to that- the aquarium dressed as a zombie. And, you know, oh, so man, it was fun. True. Yeah. It was fun. The, no, I, ha- I haven't gone to that aquarium yet. Here is really oh, it's, nice. it's, it's ridiculous. It's beautiful. Absolutely. One of the best. And I, like my my family, my, we we go to aquariums. That's my kids. Started with my son. My son was very much into aquariums. So we've been to all of them. Uh, I'm going to have my birthday. Yeah. You went to Japan. I'm going to have my next birthday in uh, the Georgia Aquarium. Yeah. So they have a, uh, just, you know, the, the fish all around you and all. And, uh, it's beautiful. It's going to be great. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now you grew up there. Did you grow up in a big family? Uh, <laughs> did you, uh, you said, listen to me, did it? Did I grow up in a big family? Both my grandmothers had 21 kids. Oh, wow. And that's 42 kids. And I always like that. Wow. joke. I saw my grandma last week and she's pregnant right now. But <laughs> let me tell you something. Crazy glue couldn't keep my grandma's legs together. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Andy, did you grow up in a nice family? Because I did. I have the greatest family in the world. And, uh, uh, and it's huge. And we continue to have family reunions. And my family reunions are like 600 plus. Yeah. Are you the fun, are you the funniest one or or are there people there cuz I find a lot of a lot of comedians say oh if you want to meet somebody funny you should meet my cousin or you should meet my brother. They're funnier should, than me. You should have met my uncle Bo. My uncle yeah. Bo was a crazy man and I do his jokes right now. Oh my really? Uncle Bo was he's the type of guy would ask you a question and answer it at the same time. Mm. How y'all how y'all get up here walk? He would ask you a question <laughs> and <laughs> Where your dad? Where your dad at work? What time you get off? Six o'clock? What your kids doing at home? Ain't no school today? Yeah. Why you ain't talking? Cat got your tongue? I could, I could just keep going like that. What's your mama cooking? Chicken? <laughs> Who new car that is in the driveway? Is that yours? And yeah, just yeah. Going on, but my Uncle Bo was crazy. And he would say stupid stuff like that. Lama Braves? Man, the Braves can't play ball. They can't play baseball worth a damn. That's my wife, Ruben. When I played ball, I was a backstopper. That's how old he is. I ain't catching it, right? Yeah, he yeah. Said to, Andy, I swear to God, my Uncle Bo said, you know when that boy steals first base going down the second? He said, I wouldn't throw that ball down there. I'd run down there and take his ass out. Ask my wife. And he would always ask, ask my Andy, wife. Hey, hey, Andy, he would end every say, Ask my wife, Ruby. She'll tell you. <laughs> ask my wife, Ruby. That's, you see, he understood that, uh, getting a catchphrase, you know. Ask my wife, Ruby. And, and, and Ruby would always say, Bo don't know a damn thing. Bo is just lying. And he'd tell her, You shut up. Ain't nobody ask you nothing. He would ask her, he would ask her to ask her, and she would answer. Then he said to her, ain't nobody ask you nothing. (laughs) Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... The charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Hello. Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, 
we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a growing? So I grew up in a great family, family, yeah. funny family. Yeah. My dad, my parents, and uh, we grew up in a, a, a family of seven kids. Uh, wow. Just a great home. And uh, what, did, what did your dad do? I mean, I imagine, I imagine with seven kids, your mother raised kids. <laughs> Pretty much. And yeah. they were knocking them out. They were knocking them out every year after year after year after year. I'm like seven years younger than my uh, my next brother. And uh, I'm a mistake baby. I'm a mistake baby. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, no, my you're dad a blessing. Was, you're a yeah. miracle baby. Oh, it's not going to say number seven is good. A caboose. Number seven is good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, my dad was a butcher. Oh, my dad wow. was the greatest man in the world, butcher, and worked for Swift and Company. You know, the Swift turkeys and sure, all that. Sure, sure, yeah. But he, yeah. He, he, he was a butcher, and they had meats, meats. Uh, what do you call them, butchering cows? You know, they yeah, did yeah. that in the Midwest. A meat cut, yeah, was, uh, absolutely, yeah. Like a big processing plant, and the carcass comes exactly. along, and you break it down, yeah. And they kill the cows and kill with the pigs and everything, and yeah, then they yeah. make the meat and send out to the person. So I grew up at home with plenty of meat, lots of a, meat. A freezer full, yeah. A, pre- a deep freezer, not just yep. a freezer, a deep freezer. And Andy, yeah. and um, we didn't know, my mom would have, we have steak like four times a week, and so we have steak for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And we used to have to say, Mom, would you please stop? <laughs> but we didn't know, any, we didn't know yeah. what that was. As, a, yeah, as, yeah. as young kids in, in grade school and high school, would you please stop with the beef? We had the cube beef. We had the, it's always meat in the house. And people would come by our homes and for dinner, yeah. just meat like you won't believe. So as far as food is concerned, it's, uh, I, we had it made. Yeah, well, the, that's you know the perspective. Your perspective on what is what is plenty is the thing that you get sick of. Because, like I, I was just I was reading some book. It was a history book, and they it, it was about something else, but it was about fishing. And in in like Newport, Rhode Island, in the eighteen hundreds, when I, uh-huh. you've ever been to Newport and seen those giant mansions, you know, along the ocean. Yes, there. and up and up in that the, all in that area, the New England, the Cape Cod, and all yeah, those. Yeah, it's uh-huh. huge mansions, rich, rich people, and lobsters were so plentiful you could practically just walk out and pick up a lobster. Just to be right. It was illegal to serve them to your to your uh, servants. Like it was considered like serving them That's bugs. Too much. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it was because there were so many of them, and they and they did. You know, I mean, they are basically big bugs. You know, they're and course, but it was yeah. illegal to give your servants lobster. And I, you know, that's like now. That's you know, now now it, I'm sure now it's, everything is opposite. You know, yeah. black people have been black people have been eating chicken wings for years, mm-hmm. and about 20 years ago, white people going, "Well, what the hell is a buffalo wing?" And all of a sudden now. You can't have a party without having chicken wings. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's amazing. From uh, now, uh, life is good. What? When did you? When did you think like I'd like to do comedy for a living? When did that kind of start to settle in for you? And how? And I mean, what was the inspiration for that? <laughs> Boy, what a great question! You want to know something? Yeah. Six years old. Wow. Six years old. There's a man that you don't know him. His name is Red Skelton. Oh, Red Skelton. I know who Red Skelton is, sure. There you go. Yeah. Red Skelton came on TV. There was a guy named Milton Burrow came on TV. There were some party records. We had a, a man, his name was Rick Fox. Uh-huh. There was a lady named Moms Mabley. That was a, yes. another comedian named Judge Pick Meek Markham. That's where the phrase, here come the judge, here come the yeah. judge. That's where yeah. that came from. Yeah. Um, 
then the Richard Pryors and the Dick Gregors and of course the uh, uh, George Kirby's and and Johnny Carson and the, and everybody. Yeah. I keep going and you Bob get to the yeah, Come on. Bob Newhart, yeah, that button down mind, that album. That was, was the man named Milton Burrow would kill yeah. us every Tuesday night to the Texaco Theater, man. So I used to just love to laugh. And Andy at six years old, seven, eight, nine, ten through twelve, I would listen to those jokes and I would take them back to school yeah. the next day and do them in class. And people would just laugh. And when you see people laughing, that makes you happy. Yeah. It makes yeah. you happy. When I see happy people, it makes me happier. So I knew from six years old, this is what I want to do. I went through high school. And Mr. O'Neill on the football team says, Wallace, why don't you play football with us? You know you can play. I said, Mr. O'Neill, I'm going to be a bullshitter when I grow up. And don't need me wasting my time. <laughs> and I said that to him at that time. And you didn't curse back in the day. Right. To you, to, you know, and I said, and he said, Wallace, you, you, you're crazy. I said, Mr. O'Neill, that's just what I'm going to do. Because all my brothers played football and, uh, and they would come home with broken arms. And actually, you're talking about my family. I actually have seven Super Bowl rings in my family. What? That's how blessed we are. I can, sometimes I don't talk about these things. My brother, George Wallace Jr., is one of the first black professional golfers in America. Wow. He played with Charlie Sifford. He played, all those guys used to stay at our house. Charlie Sifford and uh, uh, all of the black golfers back in the day. Before. Calvin Pete. Calvin Pete. There you yeah, go. Yeah. They all stayed in our house when I was a kid. Because yeah. you heard the book. It's called The Green Book. The uh-huh. black people didn't have certain places to stay. Sure, But they sure. stayed in my home. Oh, Wow. So, so my family they, so was your blessed. house in the green, was your house in the green book? So did you have like strangers coming no, by, or was it just golfers? <laughs> I'm such a liar. I almost said my mama did just to make the joke. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but we had, uh, uh, and we didn't have a big house either. We just shared. You know, we had some yeah extra beds, and somebody moved over. People slept together back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We shared beds back in the day, but we had that, and uh, and I was a kid watching those shows, and. Uh, and, and I wanted to be a comedian, so my brothers wanted to be sports sports people. And uh, but uh, my, my 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 thinking is crazy. I wanted to be a comedian, just watching all of those shows and 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 uh, and, and taking the jokes back to school. And I was talking. About, yesterday was my birthday, and I was talking to my first. Oh, that's my, right. I forgot. I I saw that, and I was going to wish you a happy birthday, and you beat me to it. I'm sorry. Well, you're, happy late. you're late. You're, you're, I'm you're, late. You're, I'm late. I'm late. The the presents in the mail. I swear. But but oh, so you, you do lie. <laughs> yeah. My uh, fourth grade school teacher, she used to call me in the room and says, uh, my real name is Henry Wallace. She said, Henry, tell me a joke. And I would tell her a joke like, why do Eskimos wash their clothes in Tide? She said, I don't know. I said, because it's too cold out Tide. Just little <laughs> stupid jokes like that. You yeah, know, she yeah. would look at me and she says, you know, that's not the kind of joke I want to hear. She wanted a dirty joke. You know, I'm a little boy. I'm going, and I would tell her the dirty joke, and she would perk up. I was talking to her yesterday. I still know my all my school teachers that are still alive. Oh, wow! We still talk to each other. Oh, yeah, that's so great. I was telling jokes in the fourth grade, and just and um, that's where my comedy started. And uh, I'm living my dream. I have done. I've reached my goal. I came to New York City. I, I went to college first because I needed to, because hearing those stories from the older guys sometime in Bonneville, they had no place to eat. I didn't know what they were going to do. I said, I don't need to go through that. So I wanted to get a financial question. I went to college and got a few degrees. To have that was, and that was in Ohio, right? You 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 moved to Ohio? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My, my mom died and I went to school in uh, Akron, Ohio and uh, uh, studied there. And, when your and mom, I, what, what prompted that move? Uh, what about your mother's death prompted that move to Ohio? And why Ohio? I, you bring that up. There's a reason for everything in life. Okay, I'm seven years uh, apart from my next brother. 
I'm a mama's boy, okay? So my uh, mom had passed away. Had my mom not passed away, I don't think I would be a comedian because I'm a mama's boy. Oh, I would wow. stay right there in Atlanta and just deal with my peers and probably got a job at General Motors like everybody else yeah. did. Been the, funny, been the funniest guy at General Motors, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Making fun of those El Dorados coming off the line. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And those, those El Caminos and things yeah. coming off the line. But yeah, it, there's a purpose in life for everything. My mom left my house. She says, Junior, baby, I'm going to the hospital. I will not be back, but don't you worry about a thing in life. Your life has already been taken care of. And I'm thinking, okay, Mom, she's going to go to the hospital like everybody else and come back. She didn't come back. Mm. But everything is laid out for me. And I can't tell you how blessed I am. I went to Akron, Ohio. I went to school. I, I started working at a place called Firestone Time Rubber Company. Oh. Make, making a dollar forty-seven cents an hour. What and what was the connection to, to Akron? Did you did My, you, we had family there? Oh, I had family. The most there, important yeah. thing was that after high school, I wanted to get a, a degree in transportation. Uh-huh. Not a lot of schools have offered that program. Madison, Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin, and the Uni- University of Akron had that program transportation program to this day most people don't know what a degree is or would be or can be uh uh, in uh, in education and was it was it highway planning was it that kind of thing you know like city planning what's a transportation degree there you go and i said does anybody know i have a degree in transportation people in audiences are you a bus driver i said get out (laughs) i'll show them out get out get out of here right now transportation and people don't know about this it happens to be the number one industry in the world. Uh. People fail to realize the shirt on your back, the desk, the glasses you're wearing. Everything you see, transportation is involved. Yeah. The procurement yeah. of goods and services. Logistics. So, logistics. Yeah. That's yeah. logistics. We haven't heard that word in a long time since uh, since uh, UPS changed his, their slogan to logistics. It didn't work. Yeah, you know, they yeah. should keep with the slogan. They had a slogan called what can Brown do for you? Nobody will ever forget to stick with, <laughs> stick with subjects. And I used to say, yeah, yeah. what can Brown do for me? First thing Brown can do for me is move that truck out of the middle of the street, okay? <laughs> you want to do me a favor, run this over to FedEx. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke I used to do. But yeah, so I wanted to degree, I had a degree in transportation. The University of Akron offered that degree. And, uh, it's, and to this day, I buy most of transportation. I, have to get to, I love to teach people about transportation. It's the greatest thing in the world. Airplanes, water, um, pipeline, uh, yeah. trucks, and rail. Yeah. I'm also transportation. So that's number one industry. So that's what really took me to Akron, Ohio. And I got to Akron. I lived with my sister. And then I found a new mom. They took care of me. And and at Firestone Tire and Rubber had a, a financial assistance program. So you go to school, they pay you for your courses. Oh, wow. So then, And then I got grants and degrees. I have three degrees. And I think uh, you're not going to believe this. I think I may have paid maybe five thousand dollars for the three degrees. Yeah, and I stayed in the dorm, so I was blessed to be in the. I was in the dorm for one quarter, and the next quarter I was a RA resident. We used to call them advisors at the time. Right. And you have to be a junior before that happens. But I was blessed one quarter, and that means food and board and everything like that. Wow. So you're talking about blessing. Where you don't you talk about where I come from. I could just go on and on and on. So that's how I got to Akron, Ohio. And then I was there doing my latter days with my Bron James was a kid at the St. Vincent High School. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so, did you did you start doing when did you start doing comedy in Akron or did that kind of did you have to kind of wait till because you, you went to New York then, right? Well, no, I'm, I did I start doing comedy, like I say, in school, in high school, in grade school, growing up. But you really start to get into it a little bit when you get to college and you're hosting the shows. Oh, I see. So I was hosting some of the uh, 
social programs in the, in the in the dorm system. I was in I was in charge of everything, Andy. I yeah. was in charge of I was in charge of the University of Akron. I was I was one of those guys that I was the dorm council, but I was in between the administration and the students. I was on the student dorm, still we call it student council. Yeah. But I represented the students also. I'm the guy that go to the president's office. President Norman Auburn, this is, this is George Wallace, I want to talk to you. President Secretary says, he's busy. I said, well, you tell him I'll wait. It's Henry Wallace, I'll wait. And so, but I was one of those guys on the campus, the BMOC, but the big man on campus, they call it back in the day. Yeah, and yeah. I, made every, I made everything happen. We, I was there doing uh, the, uh, the Kent State riots. Oh, wow. So I was there and I had to pull that program together and brought everybody together. So uh, townies, dormies, and everybody, I, I made a program called uh, Together. That was right after the Kent State shootings. And the next night, Kent State and Akron, you are like 20 miles from each other, 25 miles from each other. Yeah. And the next night, we were out there protesting, and uh, the National Guards were out there, and, man, they clicked those guns, and we scattered. Yeah. Amazing. So, so that's why I was in Akron, and, and I was telling jokes there. And then I left uh, Akron, Ohio, and I graduated and came to New York, and I got a job. I needed a job, and I was reading the papers. That's when you read the papers to get a job. Yeah. The war ads. Yeah, I got a job. Yeah. There was an there was an answer seventy five to one hundred fifty dollars a day. I said, "Let me take a look at that. Look at this." And I went and interviewed for the job. And it was Cleveland Cotton Products. They sold rags. I sold actual rags, Andy. Wow. I sold the ShamWow back in nineteen seventy two before it had a name. <laughs> before it had a name, I sold real rags. And then after that, I was selling rags to the New York City Transit System. And then I became. Uh, I went to work for. Um, uh, Metro Transit, a guy named Douglas Lee. Douglas Lee invented the smoking cigarette at Times Square. So I became oh, yeah. vice, the vice president of the world's largest outdoor advertising agency. Wow. Everything at Times Square. I'm, I'm turning this way because I'm actually looking at Times Square now. Yeah. Times Square. So all the spectacular billboards downtown Times Square, all the 5,000 buses in New York City, all of the buses in um, Chicago, Detroit, uh, Cleveland, uh, Los Angeles, San Francisco. We had a board even in Chicago smoking cigarettes. I think it was. A I remember that when I was a kid, it was a Marlboro. Yeah, it was exactly. a Marlboro man, and smoke would come out of his mouth. Yeah. Well, at your age, I was probably working. Uh, well, uh, I was born it. in '66. Yeah, so that probably yes. you know yes. that's when I would have been seeing that. It was yes. seven, eight years old, probably. Yeah, yeah. so I was seven, eight. That was in '71, '72. I was doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it uh, was it was a sales job. It was you know going around and getting them to put. I was selling advertising. Yes, I was. Yeah. I was doing cold sales, and I was that was making a lot of money. And guess what? That's the same thing I do when I go on stage every night. Right now, I'm making yeah. a sale when I sell a joke. Yeah, yeah. So and uh, I, I I made a lot of money in advertising, and uh, and I went into a place a new comedy club opened called the Comic Strip, and I went and said, let me put you on the back of every other bus going up and down Second Avenue. In, in New York City, 2nd and 3rd Avenue, in your community, you need to put your business in the streets. Rich Hinkin, Rich Tinkin and John and, and, and Bob Wax, mm-hmm. they own the club. And I signed that deal. I said, we'll put you on the buses. And by the way, I do a little comedy act. I had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshitter. Said, Why don't you come back tomorrow? I was bullshitting, right? Yeah, come yeah. back tomorrow night. Let's see what you got. I auditioned on a Thursday and I've been on stage ever since. Wow. And I started doing, uh, I had a, I was a, a preacher. I was Reverend George Wallace because I made fun of the church at the time. And, but yeah. uh, man, what a blessing. I've been on stage ever since. And uh, every night I just have fun. And that's why I met Jerry Seinfeld in 1976. Yeah. We became best friends. And to this day, we're still best friends. And yeah. we, we celebrated last night, my birthday. 
built into our 46 year and we're still Beautiful. best friends no matter this is great i'm the most blessed person you've ever met why why the change of your name from henry to george because i was so stupid when i got to los angeles uh, and I wanted to join the union that was already a Henry Wallace. Ah. So I didn't even know. I just went, oh, my God. So I said, OK, I'm going to give him my dad's name, George Wallace. Yeah. I, mean, I wasn't even thinking about uh, the governor of Alabama at the time. Because yeah, my yeah. dad was George Wallace and my older brother was George Wallace Jr. Right. But I just took the name George Wallace and, and it stuck. And, uh, and people just thought they were they were going to get the segregationist <laughs> governor well, come up on well, stage when they announced well, you. My first Tonight Show, Johnny Carson says, and he was laughing as he said it, uh, don't change your television set. <laughs> <laughs> George Wallace. And I come out, I couldn't even talk for the first minute because uh, people were, you know, like, laughing. No, I said, yeah. hey, Lula May, don't change your stage. Come here, Lula May. George Wallace on television. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Can't you tell my love's a growing? Now, when you when you started doing a, a you know, kind of like a, a, I imagine it was probably a gentle skewering of of the clergy when you were doing a reverend. Did that get you in hot water with with anybody? No, because it was a lot of fun. I had the robe on it and everything. And guess what I had, Andy? I had the thick yellow pages telephone book. Yeah, that was my Bible. It was called the, <laughs> <laughs> the Good Book of Bell. <laughs> Whatever you need, yeah. look it up in the book. Look it up. You yeah, want some yeah. shoes, look it up in the book. It's all in the book. Yeah. And I just went along with that, and then I would tell jokes with the rope on. I would enter the room singing, when the saints go marching in, and the whole room would just... And you know, back in the day, we had to catch Riding Star and the country trip. We had a band on stage, and the place would just go crazy. Yeah. Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, that's an entrance. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I didn't even have jokes, man. I was... I was borrowing jokes at the time. You know, when you first start, you don't know where, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, just trying to make some money. And Well, I, you know, I, I didn't even do stand-up. I, 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 I didn't like homework, so I didn't want to have to go home and write stuff. So I did improv. I, I, and then, uh, you know, because then you're part of a gang. You know, you're up on stage with other people. What did you say about homework? I, I, <laughs> he just pulled out a pad that's full of jokes. This is my yellow pad. I'm the guy that's known for taking a pad on stage. I know some other guys have done it, but back in 19, I'm the guy that's known for taking a yellow pad on stage. Going, I got some new jokes here. Some might be funny, might not be. I don't give a shit. I'm doing these new jokes. Actually, I did um, I did Arsenio one night. I took the pad out in 1993. I took the pad. I said, I'm going to do some new jokes on this show tonight. I got Lenneman next week. I got to make sure this shit is funny. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> so and then I and I still take and I take it up on stage and now and I I got some new jokes might be funny and I'll say joke number one worked real good. Yeah. Uh, joke number two worked real good. Joke number three 
needs work. Yeah. Needs work. And all these girls, yeah, said joke number four, work good, then I get to like joke number five. Joke's funny, audience sucks. They go crazy. <laughs> they go crazy. And then I said, okay, let me go to my app. And you know what they would say? Go do the pad, man. Yeah. Go back to Stay the pad. Stay back on the pad. They, they love helping out with the jokes. And to this day, they, I love doing new jokes. And I, my personality, if the joke is not funny, that's really funny to me. Yeah. Be able to say, I need to work on this joke. What can I do? And just have some fun with it. And I, right. every night I go on stage and I do something funny and something different, you know? And I'm, now you mentioned that because, you know, you, your personality, I mean, and so much of your life, just listening to you go through it, it's the strength of your personality that just, you just kind of said, okay, I'm here, recognize me, put me to work. You know, I mean, whether it's student council or, you know, being in college and, and you know, doing protests against, you know, against the war and uh, selling at, going into a place and saying, you're going to put stuff on buses. I, where do, where does that confidence come from? I mean, is there is there a source or was were you born with it? Did you come out? Did you come out bullshitting? I, I think the source came from my dad, my dad, George, real George Wallace. Yeah. Here's a, here's a guy that had a second grade education, could not read and wound up being president of the PTA. Wow. And he was in charge of the community. And back in the day in Atlanta, when I was a kid, he was making, uh, I told you he was a butcher. He was yeah. making 200 and no, 200. $2.50 per hour. He would be at work at five o'clock in the morning. You know, butchers get off. They're like construction workers. They get off at yeah. one. So he started his own, own business as a contractor building houses. So wow. he was making double money there and making things happen. And we were that man. And he was that man in the neighborhood. Mr. Wallace, he can do it. In the churches, Deacon Wallace, he can do it. Whatever money they wanted to raise, Mr. Wallace could do it. The community, yeah. Mr. Wallace could do it. That's how he became president of the, of, of the PTA and couldn't read. Yeah. But he got things done and made people happy. We built a garden in the neighborhood of about three acres and people, the whole community ate off the garden. And uh, and my dad was always doing something funny. And he's just crazy. And he was a strict man, too. When I was a kid, my, I only, my dad was so good, he could just make us laugh. And he would piss us off. And after he would piss us off, and he would always say, now, come on, give me a little smile, boy. Give me a little smile. <laughs> and then we... Come on, you can give me a little smile. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Give me a little smile. Come, yeah. I know you're going to smile for me, and pretty soon you break, you know? Yeah, and they would yeah. do stupid shit like, I live up here, you live down there. Come up to see me sometime. <laughs> he just... <laughs> So for people without the video, he, he, you're touching underneath your nose and then your chin and then doing the. I live up here. You yeah. live down there. Yeah. Come Flip. up to see me sometime. <laughs> that would make him so mad. Yeah, yeah. But he would do that. He would do my mom. My mom would bake a cake and she would say to him, How, how's the cake? I, I don't know. Give me another little slice. And she'd give him another slice. And he'd eat like three slices. She says, Is it okay? Is how's the cake? He can. Yeah. That means, you know. Yeah, just okay. After yeah. Three, after three slices. Yeah, was, yeah. It's, it's okay. all right. Yeah. She yeah. knew what that she knew what that but after three slices. You know, right, so right. He was always joking. He would joke with me, man. He said, Dad, can I use the car? And he go, mm-hmm. I said, Dad, can I use the car? Mm-hmm. I knew that was not a yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on, man, can I use the car? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I got that. But that, I mean, that's wonderful. So be, not you, there was no choice. You had to be involved. You had to, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't acceptable to sit at home and do nothing. To this day, whatever it is, 
I'm going to be somewhere around the top and it's going to be with laughter and fun. That's yeah. why I, you know, I could have been a minister. I should have been a preacher, make a lot of money uh, like Joel Osteen. Joel mm-hmm. Osteen is the greatest comedian in the world. Joel Osteen never starts a sermon without doing what? Telling a joke first. I always yeah. like to start with a little funny story. So I, I could have done that. I could have gone. I really think Congress should be loaded with comedians. Man, yeah. could we get work done. Yeah. Could we get work done with Congress with more laughter? And comedians inside, right? You know? It'd be yeah, it's full of bullshitters anyway, and just it'd be yeah. a lot more fun. But look like the president of the Ukraine; he was a comedian, and we had a guy from Minnesota, Al Frank. Uh, Al Franken, yeah, yeah. We we needed that. We need more comedians than people laughed all of this hatred in, in the office. Can you imagine what you and I could get done in Congress? Just people need money. We got printers. Take care of people. Yeah, take care they, of people. We just it's it's a great system here. This is the greatest country in the world. Whatever yeah. people need, we got it, and we'll have it. I, I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm vocally political, you know, uh, and so of course people, you are. Yeah. And people will tell me, people will tell me, you know, like, why don't you run for office? And I say, you know, cause my, my grandfather was the chairman of the Republican party of our County for 30 years. And he served okay. in a, in a governor's cabinet in Illinois. He was the director of conservation for the state. You know, I, I, so I grew up as a kid. Cause when my folks divorced, we moved in with my grandparents so I got dragged to Republican pig <laughs> roast, pancake breakfast, election yeah. nights, all, you know, and it's all, and I, you know, the Republican aspect of it, it's funny because now of all of his kids, there isn't a Republican left. They all, you know, as Republican, as the Republican party changed from like the repar- the party of Eisenhower into the, be the party of lunatics. You kids, all of you kids are going, that's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now, you know, they're all because they're out there, you know, it's just they're well, not nobody's rich. So it's like, why the hell would we be Republicans now? Um, but I so I I I knew what politics. I, I like was. how you slid that in. Nobody's rich. OK, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I mean, relatively. But uh, but I, I knew what politics was. And that's why people ask me about it. And I'm saying it's well, first of all, all you do is ask for money. That's your job. My, my brother's a school teacher. He ran for Congress. All it was was asking for money. That's what it's all about, right? And, and I, I just couldn't do it. It's just and and then the and then just it's like one long PTA meeting too. You know, like your actual work day oh, is just no, no, meetings and bullshit and people talking and everybody saying the same thing. And so it's like, yeah, if I could go and actually make things happen, it would be. You know, maybe well, I would want to do that. Why don't we make that, that uh, requirement to run for office and go to Congress? If I go to make things happen, it's kind of yeah. like, uh, see, you and I will look at this like the voters' rights bill. And sometimes, did you ever stop to think, what the hell is that all about? What is a voters' rights bill? It should be one page, one card. <laughs> yeah. You're born in America. You, you're, you're 18. You vote. Yeah. Yep. Just that simple. Yep. When you turn 18, you can vote. Period. Period. That's it. Yeah, yeah. You got no stipulation, no suppressions, no nothing. Yeah. You can vote. And yeah, let's make it a national holiday. Let everybody yeah. vote. Yeah. Let everybody vote. Or Why put it on a Saturday. Make it on a Saturday. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And just make it as easy as possible. This is the greatest thing you could do is voice your opinion and vote. And, yeah. and that's what that's why you and I should be in office, to be honest. All of us should be. <laughs> can you imagine what we I'm serious about the comedians that we were to do this because we know we're going to be out of there at four because we know we got a spot at seven or eight. We're going yeah. to the show. 
got other know, things to do. That's why comedians are the smartest people in the world. We do know all the social ills of the country. We mm-hmm. see these people, we talk to these people, and we hear their problems. And uh, yeah. uh, and uh, and we have a job that we get paid very well at, and, but we do it. Well, most of us would do it without getting the money that we get, just because mm-hmm. it's satisfying to go to work for thirty minutes a night and you're done. Yeah, you just bullshitting and talking and having fun. Yeah, yeah. But I say bullshitting once again. I got a pad here. It's a lot of homework, as you. Yeah. Mentioned. Do you have like a library of yellow pads? Do you save them? Do you have like a, you know, a thousand yellow pads stored away somewhere? I don't have quite a thousand. Seinfeld has a thousand. Did you see the bit that Seinfeld covered the street with his notes? Uh uh-uh. He covered an entire block with his notes on the street. Wow. So yeah, we have the yellow legal pad yeah. with a hard cover. It's a hard cover that's not flexible. So right. we have the yellow legal pad, and uh, we just write, write, write all day long. And I take mine to the stage. Um, uh, and uh, I had it last night. And uh, last night on the stage was B and B, and B and B was uh, Branson and Bezos. Yeah, these are the two guys with the ship, and I'm yeah, going, like, yeah. And I'm just going, these are two richest men in the world, right? And I don't know what this. The people start laughing. I'm the two richest men in the world, and they go up in the space, okay, for 11 minutes. Yeah. So by the time, wait a second, I went to the lunch to the space lunching. About it, they go up in the air, and by the time I get back to my car in the parking lot, say what? They're down. You're back. Say what? <laughs> You back from where you went. Why did you leave in the first yeah. place? I can't even get across town in 11 minutes. They spent all this money. Yeah. So I'm like, it's like the first lunch. I don't believe they did. I don't believe they went anywhere. But well, it's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, they go up and then they they go. Well, I couldn't believe, you know, he goes up in that dildo rocket and then <laughs> the rocket's gone. <laughs> And then they and then they just crash land. I mean, it was like a plane ride with a bad landing. Stop it! Stop it! (laughs) All in the same setting, right? Yeah, Yeah. it was just a plane ride. You didn't go to space. You were on a plane. You know, this is like a slingshot. Okay. Yeah. What goes up must come down. Listen (laughs) to me. That song. What goes up must come. Yeah, yeah. What goes up must come down was longer than the actual space. I know it's ridiculous, and then the goddamn cowboy hat. You got to put on a, and not just not another cowboy stop, hat. His dad's stop, cowboy hat. Stop, stop. It, it was three sizes too big for him. Oh That's boy! Amazing. Yeah. Well, now <laughs> when do you, when do you decide? All right, I can quit selling ad space, and I can just do this. How long was it before that first time on stage to when you could when you could just be a comic? Dude, I was doing it. Yeah. I, was, I was selling I was selling advertising during the day, but I was on stage at night. Yeah. And I was on stage only six months in New York City, and I was killing it and be standing on base and everything. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go out to California, and we need some advertising in, uh, from California. All of the record companies were out there. So I went out there as right. a salesperson. And two weeks, I'd run up like five, $600,000 worth, worth wow. of business to put on buses in New York City. Yeah, so yeah. I put like Elton John and Donna Summer to town. I put them down the billboards in Times Square. And I said, all the time thinking in my head, I told the bosses, we need an office in L.A. That's convenient. That's what I told them. That's yeah, what yeah. I told them. But I, in the meantime, because that's where the comedy store is. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I went out and I moved myself out and left about two months. And they said, Wallace, what the hell happened? You're just bringing in money like crazy. And all of a sudden, it's not working like we thought it was going to work. And I said, well, I don't know what's going on. And they said, well, we might have to make some changes. And I said, well, just... 
do what you do, do what you do, what you have to do. Because yeah, I was yeah. going, I was at the company store every night. Right, right. So that was my big. So big sales big went down once you really started to devote yourself. Yeah, yeah. And so we 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 somewhat departed, and uh, and the next thing I know, I was on stage, and, and one night they said, uh, "Could we talk to you for a second? We're uh, um, eyes eyes. I forgot his last name. He was Officer Don on uh, Dave Osborne. Mm-hmm. You remember him, Officer Officer? They come out in a space suit on on Letterman. Used to come out in Officer. Oh yeah, yeah. I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't and, remember uh, his name, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but he said, we'd like to talk to you. We're producers of the Red Fox show. Oh, yeah. We'd like for you to be a writer on the Red, shop, Red Fox show. I said, well, oh, I don't know whether I'm in the writing. I don't know what I'm that good. Said, was that well, Sanford been, and Son, or did no, he it was a variety the, show? The variety show immediately okay. after Sanford and Son on ABC. I see. So they said, um, well, we think you can. We've been watching you for a few weeks, and you've just been having a good time up on the stage. And, and then that was after following Rich Pryor. Jay Leno, Elaine Boozler, and Robin Williams. I didn't know how, I, didn't, I just loved being on stage. You know, back in the day, we just all followed each other and just did everything. And so I said to the guy, I don't know what I'm into the writing. I, I know I love to perform. And then at the time, I didn't have a job. They said, well, it's $2,500 a week. And that was in 1976. Yeah. And I said, I, $2,500 a week. And I said, um, maybe I could come up with a little something. <laughs> <laughs> So I went into the writer's world for a year in Red Fox. And, uh, uh, what, was he, what was he like to work for? He was really, I didn't get to see him a lot. To be uh-huh. honest. We wrote the show in the Valley. Yeah. Uh, we shot the show at CBS in the city. Right. And the show aired on ABC. So I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> you know, we, I didn't know about how the system worked at all. Yeah, but it yeah. Was, I didn't get to see Red Fox a lot because he would only show up for, uh, even not rehearsal, he'd just show up. And he was heavily drugged. Mm. And I didn't know anything about the drugs and people were crazy back in the day, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it worked out. And that's, uh, I had opportunities. That's why I first met the great Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Writing the show. And, uh, but uh, that's when it all came together. And then after a year, I said, you know, I'm very popular doing the jokes, but as a writer, you always going, he got to laugh, but he should have done it the right way. Yeah. Let me yeah. do my joke. And so I said, after that, so I'm going to do my own joke. So I went out and I started doing the Tonight Show and all of that. Yeah. I did the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson on a Thursday. And the next night, I was in front of 17,000 people with Natalie Cole. Wow. So I never wanted to do television or movies. That, I don't know anything about acting or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I just you didn't wanted want to a be sitcom. A, you didn't. I, didn't yeah. no, I just wanted to be a, a comedian in Las Vegas. Yeah. That's because I heard Jerry. We used to, when we started, there was guys like uh, 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 Hockey Puck with Don Rickles and guys yeah. like that. Patrick I was just going to say Don Rickles. Yeah. yeah. So these guys, I mean, they're making $300,000, $400,000 a year. Yeah. I'm just starting as a comedian in 1976. 1977. Well, that sounds good. That's enough money for me. Yeah, yeah. And so and that's you're doing all, the same thing you want to do anyway. Yeah. That's my goal is to get to Las Vegas. And sure enough, I found myself in Las Vegas in 1979, two years yeah. later after I started with opening for Diana Ross. Yeah. And I walked out and made so much money in Las Vegas. I walked out in front of Caesar's Palace and I said to myself, I could go back. Yep, I made it to Vegas. That's my goal. I made it to Vegas. I could go back to advertising. Yeah, and, and at that time I was making about, and even that time I was making seventy five thousand dollars a year in advertising. But then I thought not. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's when the phrase "not." Yeah, and I, yeah. And I went on to work with Diana Ross for a year and a half. I just wanted to open, be a comedian, learn how to be a comedian. Then I went with Tom Jones for five years. That's all I want. I wanted to learn how to be a comic. Big yeah. houses, small houses. 
70,000, 15,000 arenas, stadiums. I did it all. Yeah. And I can handle any room. Do you change your act very much for for the different size rooms, or do you kind of do the same thing and just... Well, when you go out as a barometer, you got to feel... You know, when we're saying hello, a lot of people don't know what we're doing, but that we're sizing up the room, the right. feedback, how the speed of the room is working. Uh, 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 I do a different set every night because you don't know what's going to happen with me. Yeah. Uh, I'm like... Uh, in Las Vegas, I went to Las Vegas, uh, as you know, uh, in 2004 mm-hmm. for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and it turned out to be 10 years. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, my, my ex wife and I came and saw you uh, yeah. while we were out there. Yeah. And uh, it turned out, and I owned the show. I did not work for the hotels like most entertainers do. Yep. I did all of the marketing. And I, of course, I did all of the advertising because that was my world. Right. I knew how to rule the advertising world in Las Vegas. I created the, the new. Um, thought patterns and, and, and branding in Las Vegas. I'm the first guy to put five trucks on the street of advertising back to back to back to back to back to back. And people say, Wallace, why the hell would you put that many trucks just back to back to back going to come down Las Vegas Boulevard? And I said, hey, why did you ask me about it? Yeah. yeah so yeah. I just I just wanted to be a comedian and, and I, I and I about 19 well, 2000 about 2012 I'm just going like Dude, I don't know what to do next. I've conquered my goal. I'm, I'm, I made a lot of money. I don't know what to do next, but I love stand up, and uh, yeah, and I'm still doing it. And like I always say, did you like? Do you like living in Vegas? Is Vegas a pretty good place to live? I love. I live there right now. I love living in Las Vegas. I don't gamble because I'm smart enough to know Uh you can't win. Anytime you see a new hotel going up, that's not from people winning. Yeah. Right, right. So I know that even if you win $100,000, it could be one of the worst things that happen to you because all of a sudden you know the system. I can mm-hmm. do it. No, you don't. They're waiting for you. But yeah, Vegas yeah. is a good place to eat and live and uh, if you can stand the heat. But, you know, first like me, I don't go out in the heat. I'm always in the air. Go downstairs, yeah. get in the car. It's a beautiful city. It's cheap. You got all the it, 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 It's actually the entertainment capital of the world. Yeah. Even today. It's really Do you good. end up spending a lot of time in casinos just to go to restaurants and see shows and stuff? Or or is there uh, or is there kind of when you're a local, you kind of live a separate life from the strip? Most people do live a separate life on the strip, but I live in the hotel and my condo is across the street from the hotel. But I'm uh, always working though. So let's make it perfectly clear. Yeah. I'm always working. I don't get to see a lot of shows. I yeah. get to see a few shows. I I I, I do favors um when something special is happening. Like tonight, that uh, Celine Dion called. She needed me two nights to open for her because so much press was going on. I had to go out in 30 minutes before she came out because she was doing a lot of press. So I had that opportunity. Diana lost the first one that took me to Las Vegas. She didn't yeah. come back in 30 years. I reopened for her. Same people. Oh, and that's just, great. And uh, uh, I just have fun in Vegas. So I don't see, a, I see all the shows I want to see, but I'm yeah. pretty much working. Yeah, yeah. I work every night. I love working. Now, what, what, uh, you know, like you said, you kind of, you kind of have conquered it. You've kind of, you know, what, so what's next for you? I mean, what do you, what do you see? I mean, now that we're out of this pandemic and, you know, you can start your life again, because I imagine you, you know, you couldn't do shows. I did not do shows. I did not do shows. Was that hard for you? You know, you're still writing on your your yellow pad. You don't have anywhere to get it out. Right. I did too. I have a, I'm on every Thursday night at the, uh, seven o'clock with a, a lady named Sybil Wolf's Live. We still oh, okay. do a lot of, uh, and this morning I did Tom Papa. I'm doing a lot. 
I still do a lot of Zooming, like I'm working with you in the podcast. Sure, so I, sure. get, I get these jokes out of the way. So after 18 months of being in, certainly we were talking about, we were talking about dealing with the pandemic, some things I would do and, you know, just jokes up. I'm trying, like I was trying to stay six weeks, six feet away from myself. I was so concerned about it. You know, I would <laughs> move mirrors and have yeah. me eating strange habits, just talking trash. I was eating strangely like chicken and Cheerios. I knew a lot of things. And, 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 and I was watching television. I was crying on TV because I'm watching these TV stations like uh, Undercover Boss. And, you know, and, I'm, you know, and, and eventually I don't wind up crying watching Undercover Boss. And then I watch the sad stories on The, the Voice and uh, America's Got Talent. You just can't be a regular singer now. You got to have yeah. you gotta have a story to go along with oh, it. Oh, I know, know, I know. I was incarcerated like- for 30 years. Yeah, it's like tragedy porn on those. Yeah, places. right. You can't, exactly. Yeah, you got to, you know, you can't, you know, you got to have like a, you know, a mother that was blown. Oh up no! Oh, the, my mother, you know. my mother, my mother had a heart attack, and she and they said, "Why are you like?" Well, my mom had a heart attack, and she just her last thing she wanted to see was me to win this show in America's Got Talent. Okay, well, what uh, what are you gonna do after the show? Well, my mom is still in the car. She had the heart attack. <laughs> I, <don't want> to <laughs> I left it running. The AC's on. She's fine. <laughs> and I'm like, no, she's still dealing with a heart attack. When take her to the hospital. <laughs> and so I, always, I, mean, I always love on those shows when they say, like, you know, I just want to say to all the people that said I couldn't make it that I'm going to. And I think, who the fuck are these people? What? Hey, listen like, to me. like, who goes around telling people you'll never be a singer? I, I just, I don't. I'm not, I, like, where are they growing up? Like, uh, just like Bully Town, you know? I mean, that's a phrase I use. You know, when people say stupid things around me. That's a, if I hear one more person say, if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. Bullshit, you can't do what I do. <laughs> you can't yeah. do what I do. I if can't you do can dream you it, you can do it. No, no, no. You know you sure as hell can. He doesn't to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and people say that, that just drives me crazy. And I yeah. Just, and that's what I pick up on things like that. The other day I talked about a lady said she felt comfortable in her own skin. So I'm thinking about it. How do you know? <laughs> how do you t- maybe you, you don't want to know you've never been in somebody else's skin yeah maybe she's how been Hannibal you know? Lecter in people exactly <laughs> then, I, then I try to take the joke I, I know I feel much better in Oprah's skin I, yeah. I feel much better in, the, in, in <laughs> even Jeff Bezos' skin I feel real good then right. I have to take it to the you know my jokes are AB, ABC for the twist yeah. at the end but I didn't even feel better in Al Sharpton's skin it's going to be a little tight. Yes. <laughs> so when yeah. people say stupid phrases, I just pick up on them. I'm just, yeah. There's something wrong with me, but I love having fun. <laughs> well, so, so what, are you, what are your plans now going forward? Uh, I, I mean, you're, you're in New York now. Uh, are you going to be there for a long time, or are you going to try and get back to Vegas when Vegas gets over? I'll leave. I'm, I, I'm still having a residence at the Westgate right now. I oh, wow. Residence, but I'm not oh, going wow. back until mid-September. But uh-huh. I have so many things. That I'm the father on uh, – Phoebe Robinson has a, a new TV show with ABC. I'm the father on that. Oh, I nice. A, uh, I've got like four TV projects out there. I'm doing so much and movies and crazy things like that. But my new program, my real show is I have a deal with Norman Lear. You know the great Norman Lear. Of course. 97 years old. That's our partner. And I've known him for a long time. And I had an idea. I wanted to go for a analysis. Let's reboot Sanford and Son. Ah, Yeah. You, I you just can, wanted you to hear pull it. it off now, yeah. I just wanted to hear that. He said, no, you can't do that. He says, George, just be you. Do something with you. Come back. So I was with a friend of mine. His name, his name is Dan Ewan. He helped me write my first book, Laugh I know, I know Dan, yeah. Yeah, so, and, uh, so he was telling me about his kids. You know, he has two kids, and uh, 
one they're twins and one is a girl and one's a boy but the boy never fought, never identified as a boy mm-hmm. always knew that he was a girl inside and so I, I said damn you gotta love this kid no matter what i don't care what it is you gotta really really love this kid no matter what and having dinner i thought a light went off in my head like oh seven and son what if i had a son at one time and we put it together that the son I'm an old guy in Mobile, Alabama, raised mm-hmm. a family. The son left, went to New York City to do his thing or her thing. I didn't know about it at the time. Yeah. Went to New York City. And 30 years later, knocks on my door. says, Dad, is me. Me who? He says, Edwin. I said, are you Edwin's wife? Yeah. So Dad, it's me. So he has transgendered. Yeah, yeah. So I was very mean and, and then slammed the door in her face. And, uh, and, but he still, she still stands there and I have to be educated. And soon we come together on this. And not only am I going to be educated as a black father from the South, but America's going to be educated yeah. as we grow. And I'm taking it to the black church, these people, <laughs> which is, you know, they don't, they got to deal with this people. Yeah. Everybody's got to live and let live. Yeah. And, and, and eventually I'll have her running for mayor uh-huh. and she may not win, but the, the awareness is there. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and my 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 associate producer and partner is Laverne Cox. Uh huh. That's so you great. See where we're going with this now? Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. And with Norman Lear, and uh, so we hope we start shooting. And with Dan Ewan. Yeah, that's great. That, I mean, that's shooting. that's a that's you know that's where. I mean, I don't like preachy comedy. You know, like comedy that's like overtly political. It always just feels like choir preaching. You know. Yeah, yeah. But this is something where. You a, know, it, a funny, yeah, it's a funny show that's about something mm-hmm. and that can actually do good because that's how, you know, it's like Ellen DeGeneres comes out and there and the world falls apart and then she becomes America's sweetheart. You know, like people get used to like, oh, all right, I can, I can handle, what did you, you say? Know, I can handle a gay it? woman. There's a guy uh, named Barack Obama. Yeah. All of a sudden people get used to it. Yeah. Now we got an African-American Jewish uh, vice president. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Create the awareness that everybody's okay. Yeah, and it just takes time. Yeah, just takes time. Yes. Now, um, I imagine people ask you for advice or you know to get some kind of yeah because I know everything. I know know everything. It's quite obvious. I'm talking to you. If I don't know it, I can call Jerome Seinfeld. God knows he knows everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what do you what do you think? Like, is you know sort of the point of the George Wallace story of the Henry Wallace story? You know, Wallace stories. It's all about living. It's all about loving. And most important, it's about laughing. I yeah. love to laugh and I love to make people happy. I think the greatest thing in the world, and we know laughter is the greatest medicine in the world. So that's what I'm all about. It's about uh, uh, enjoying life. My purpose on earth is to give back. Yeah. And, and I've had so much fun. And once again, I've, I've done everything. Name something I haven't done. I was at Dr. Martin Luther King's funeral. I've been to Nelson, Mandela, Nelson Mandela's cell in South Robbins Island, South Africa. I've been uh-huh. on the Great Wall of China. It's not too much. I'm and my best friend in the world. I'm so blessed to have the number one man in comedy. I, some things are not meant to be understood, but we're just best friends. Jerry Seinfeld, I talk about him all the time because that's my best friend. Yeah. And he's like number one. And, and I talk about him on stage sometimes, how rich yeah. he is. Yeah, and he being my best friend and the richest he is, he got a jet. I take advantage of it. I got a jet. 
Yeah. You got a yacht? I got a yacht. <laughs> He's got a, a, a building full of Porsches. So do you. So do I. I yeah, you I'm can the, borrow I, a car for sure. But I, but I can't get in them. So I just leave the cars alone. <laughs> but the jet, I can do the jet. <laughs> the jet you can get in. And I'm getting yeah. some laughs from him, you know, lately talking about, uh, you know, we go to the house. His house is so big on Long Island that when you get to the gate and you punch in the security code, Ways is still giving you direction to the house. <laughs> and 2,000 feet, you want to reach it. So I'm having fun. He said, Henry, you shouldn't be talking about me like that. Said, oh, you shut up. And you play ping pong. You play, play ping pong. He was telling his daughter about it last night that usually when you play ping pong, eventually the ball goes astray, right? So in his house, we're playing ping pong. The ball goes in another room. Ways, don't go get it. Don't go get it. He turns around. There's a crystal ball with 200 ping pong balls in it. 200. So yeah. I'm just going like, I don't know what the hell's going on in this house. This is rich people, man. I says, I got up to pee the other night. I went to the bathroom. I came back. My bed was made and I chopped it on my pillow. I don't know what the hell's going on in this house. You know, wow. It's just, it's just it's are you sure I, you weren't at a hotel? I mean, it's that's what I'm saying. The chocolate and the bed being made. But yeah. it's just so so I talk about him and how, but those are my things that I can share with him. And it's yeah. just and when when God blesses you with a good friend like that, you yeah. just can't beat it. You just well, and it's it. and it's good to, you know, and like it's nice that that he is you know, generous and shares and remembers where he came from and who he came up with. You know, But it has nothing to do with who he is today. It has to do with he just being my friend. Yeah. See, I don't look at, you know, people, uh, most people look at him and yes and that. And I'm the one telling him to just shut the hell up. Yeah, stupid. yeah. That's my buddy That's because he's my friend. Yeah. It has nothing to do with who he is in uh, America, in America TV and making all of that money. Yeah, I think that's always important. I mean, just from... What I've witnessed in show business is that you, the people that don't keep people around them, that remind them who they are and that keep them grounded exactly. and, that, and that push back, like people that don't, that, that they surround themselves with yes people, yes, people. You know, yes so, men and I'm women, not. and it makes you nuts. It makes you crazy. It it makes you so that you start to really, you know, you're, you, you, you fart and you think it's roses, you know, it's yeah, they exactly. think every, everything they you do is, is yeah. perfect and right. You know, we tend to somewhat micromanage each other a little bit. Like we were even talking about the, the pandemic at this moment. Uh, and I said to Jerry, let's just wait and see if, what happens after 4th of July. Talk to me two weeks after 4th of July and we'll see if this is really going to control. This is two weeks, three weeks after 4th of July. We have a little spiking going on in the country right now. So yeah. we continue to wear the mask and we're debating whether we're going to, well, we're not going to go back to work until September. Really, real work. We're yeah. going into the clubs in and out real quickly. I still wear my mask because that's just me. But we still, um, he listens to me in small matters when it's time to be truthful and yeah. not be a yes person. I'm not a yes person. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, listen, I really appreciate you spending all this time with me today. It's a, it's a joy to talk to you. Well, what and, did we talk about? Did you mention this at all? Oh, uh, yeah, you've got it. You've got a a a, a joke book, book a, a book. A, a what book did you of, say? Hey, Andy, what did you call it? A joke book? A joke book? Well, it, it is kind of. It is a joke book. It is a joke book. Yeah, I mean, it, and, and I mean, I mean that in the best possible sense that it's it's just a it's a a, a book of jokes. It's all and, like and, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that you that you put out on Twitter. Now you follow me on Twitter. Is it I do. jokes or, or is it whatnot? Are they jokes or are they whatnots? I think that sometimes they're a hybrid. They're a joke knot. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, joke knot is going to have to make a decision when the shit goes down between the jokes and the knots. <laughs> and listen to me. 
this has been out there. I need more followers to go to me. Uh, tweet at, uh, at Mr. George Wallace. This book is called Votes uh, uh, and Whatnot. And it's 1995. Did you know I put a book out? A hardcover is $140, Andy. No, I didn't. The hardcover is $140. People say, how would you do something stupid like that? I just thought at the time it was 140 characters. Yeah. For tweeting. Yeah. And I just said, do you know people are buying $150 hardcover for their desk, for their tabletops? Yeah. It's amazing. And this, but this is 1995. And you get this from me, uh, um, georgewallace.net. Okay, georgewallace.net. You can't get it on Amazon. Okay. If, you, if you get it on Amazon, you wind up uh, sponsoring a ship going up. I want my money, okay? <laughs> that That's ship right. Was, that ship was prime. Right. That ship was prime, trust me. This is, the, the this is, is farm up, to is table. This is yes. farm to table right here. <laughs> so it's about the funny little jokes, uh, uh, how poor I was when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. Uh, things I'll straight up do. Like I'll straight up take a flea to a farmer's market. I'll take a farmer to a police market. I don't give a shit. I don't play by the rules. I'll eat a cup, cake out of a pan, and pancakes out of a cup. I don't give a shit. Those things in here like that. Even my first time just seeing um, E.T. just a few months back, last year, rather. And uh, it's just come like I didn't know, you know, if my kids had an alien in the room, I'd kick their ass. <laughs> calling home, making long distance call. My friends would kill me. <laughs> All kinds of things like that in the book. It's just things like I'd straight up drink a half a glass of whole milk. And a whole glass of half and half. I don't play by the rules. I don't give a shit. I did that one time. I said, I'll drink a half a glass of whole milk and a whole glass of half and half. A lady in the audience said, Mr. Wallace, if you drink a half a glass of half whole milk and a whole glass of half and half, you may not give a shit, but you're going to take one. So when people start... <laughs> and the replies in the book, that's what's funny. What I say is cute, but the replies... Oh, that's uh, great. Awesome. It's got the... Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, Shout uh, out to the top fives in the world. The replies right. are... Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. So get that book. And, GeorgeWallace.net, everybody. There you get go. on there. Yeah. You have been so wonderful. I don't know what if we talked about anything today... Uh, uh, where I, I guess you figured out where I came from and where I'm going and what yeah, I want that's, to do, right? Yeah, that's sort of the point of this, yeah. Yeah, so, so I've enjoyed great. you much, and we can talk about so much better. What you need to do is come visit it and look at this nice view of New York City I'm looking at right now. I, I got to take go out you up on walk. that. I got to yeah. walk a mile. I'm going to walk a mile through the park. Oh, nice. There's Beautiful. nothing like Central Park, ladies and gentlemen. If you yeah. get a chance to come to New York City, then you're going to enjoy Central Park. That's my office. And I'm, I'm looking over. If I get up and stand up, I see strawberry fields forever. That's oh, not a stupid thing about New York City. Ain't no strawberries in strawberry field. <laughs> there ain't no park on Park Avenue. Mm-mm. Madison Square Garden is not square. Oh, it's, it's not round. a garden. It's not a garden. That's it's not sure. a garden either. Yeah. 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 And, and it's not even on Madison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my head. Little crazy thoughts out of my head. And uh, we just love to have fun. Yeah. I love you. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. <laughs> and I love you too, George. And thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. And thank you all out there for listening. And we will be back at you next week. Thank you. Thank you so much. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Your Wolf production. It is produced by Lane Gerbig, engineered by Marina Pice, and talent produced by Galitza Hayek. The associate producer is Jen Samples, supervising producer Aaron Blair, and executive producers Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Make sure to rate and review the three questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. Can't you tell my loves are growing? This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf.
Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.